Hello, golf nerds. I should say putter nerds. Uh, welcome back. Another episode of Flatstick Focus. We're on episode 20. Good grief. 20 episodes. Ding, 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 ding. 20. Ding, 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 ding. Parker, what's up, buddy? Oh, man. Just uh, excited about this. This one's been in the works for a little bit. So just appreciative to everybody for helping us hit a thousand followers. Uh, we were able to do that a little while back and uh, really blessed to almost be at 1,200 now. Um, so really excited about doing this, and I think we've probably got more questions than we can answer in this episode, so this may turn into a multi-part series, which is cool, but uh, pretty excited. How about you? What you been up to? Not much, man. Uh, kind of the same thing. You know, you guys, I know we've said it a thousand times, but really dream come true to be able to do this, um, to, to talk to you know, not only players, but instructors to manufacturers, to accessory makers, to, to you know what, man, it, or guys, even interacting with you all on Instagram. I mean, that that's so cool um, to kind of hear some of your backstories. Um, you know, I know a few of you have actually reached out to me on my personal Instagram, and, and, and I keep in touch with you, you know, and, you, you know, if you ever have questions, and, and, you know, I'm always there to talk and, and answer more, uh, you know, maybe build stuff as far as putters go. Um, but, uh, you know, it, this has been awesome and, and I can't wait to see where this takes us. I mean, I feel like, you know, even 20 episodes in, I feel like we're still just, uh, just getting started, um, you know, to what this could be. Parker and I both have really big plans for this, um, stuff that we've not, you know, really shared with anybody but ourselves. And, and, and we, you know, our goal was always to, to try to make this podcast as informative interesting and fun as we possibly could and I, I i hope we've done that i hope we've done justice to that kind of motto um but uh no this is gonna be fun guys thousand follower episode so and y- y'all have sent in some great questions and i'm like parker i i don't know that we can get to all of them uh we'll try to get as many as we can but i, I this is probably going to be a part a two-parter so uh but anyway uh yeah we'll get into that in just two seconds uh gamers parker uh what you got buddy well, the sick is still in the bag, but it has been joined by a new putter, which I picked up, I guess it's been a week or so ago, maybe over a week ago now, something like that, that I have yet to hit a putt with, however, but absolutely fell in love with this Cody James number 49 Patriot. Uh, I got it in a trade from a podcast Instagram follower. And really, I traded uh, Scotty Cameron for some uh, other stuff, and this was part of the deal, and really had intentions on selling pretty much everything from the trade, including this putter. And then when I saw it, it was like, and I told the guy in the trade, I was like, I don't know that I've ever been as, like, taken with a putter when I first saw it than I was with this one. It was just, like... I just like instantly fell in love with it. And it's got you, I think I've talked about this grip before, but I love this kind of semi round grip master grip. I think they call it a D shaped grip and it has that on there and it's red. It's a blue. I think it's ostrich style leather stitch back with red and white stitching. So it's red, white, and blue. It's a carbon head that has just barely some small little spots that have started to rust, which I kind of like that patina. Um, And, man, like I said, I have yet to hit a putt with it, but it is definitely a co-gamer in the bag right now, breaking the 14-club rule. But it is gorgeous. Uh, Plumber's neck, which is, you know, not a style I've used as much recently. I've been in flow neck mode, but I don't care. I love this thing. And for those that have been following the Instagram page, I have been trying to submit for some more people to show us some Cody James putters because I want to find another one to add to the collection. And I don't, there's not a ton of them right now. I think he's, I think he's made or at least sold less than a hundred at this point. If he's wow. kept up with his numbering, because I think the last one I saw was in the nineties. So I think he's made wow. less than a hundred at this point, but I know big things are on the horizon for him. Uh, I think he's getting ready to basically go full time into putter making, and I think that's a great move because I'm super impressed with his work. So, sorry to be 
uh, gushing over this so much, but I was just really, I fell in love with it, like, basically right when I took it out of the box. I'm pumped. So, yeah, that's that's it from me. You know, and, you? and I was kind of upset. Well, after I, because, you know, I was up at your house two nights ago, and it, man, it, it completely slipped my mind about the Cody James because I wanted to see it in person. I've still not seen it. Oh, and my gosh. What were I you know, thinking? I was there. Um, so, no, I, you know, I'm interested to see it, especially coming from you because, you know, you're a flow neck top line. I know that about you. I've known that about you for a long time. Your putter is flow neck top line, and this is sight line. Uh, it's sight line, right? Yep, flange line. Yep, that's what I thought. Yeah, flange line with a plumber's neck. So, for you to say that and it not be one that 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 would be it not be the style that you would go pick up means a lot, you know. So there there has to be something special if if it's a putter that has the wrong neck and the wrong alignment age. But you'd be like, wow, this thing is unbelievable. So um, I, I do need to see it in person though, because I've never seen a Cody James in person either. Wanted to, uh, but but I just haven't. So yeah, I'm um, super you, look, impressed with it. Um, as far as gamers for me, man, uh, Olsen's still in the bag. Um, I, I do actually have a putter in the bag with the Olsen, um, that, that I'm actually going to, uh, kind of test and review, but more on that later. Um, that'll be future Yes, podcast. I'm sorry to interrupt but you. We, you just reminded me, we both have that, that we're sending. We both have a putter that we got to test. Now I've yet to test yes. it, so... I'm going three gamers in the bag next time because I got to test that. You're right. I'm sorry to cut you off, but that slipped my no. mind. So, so yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's it's. Uh, you know what? I actually do have. Um, I it, it, yeah, it is a Grail putter for me. Um, that I actually just checked tracking on. Should be here Monday. Uh, worked out a really really good trade deal. Um with with a fellow lefty collector um and it's a putter that that i've known about for a few years has always kind of entered my mind at random times uh if if i would ever actually see it available or for sale and and the fact that you reached out to me that day and was like man i think i've got a trade deal that's really cool you didn't even know that i knew about the putter and 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 how much that that putter actually would mean to me sentimentally uh which which i'll get into later uh, or another podcast, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for this thing to come. Hopefully Monday, please USPS don't let me down. Um, yeah, that's an exciting one. Um, but yeah, so anyway, anyway, gamers out of the way. So, uh, guys, if you're ready, Parker, if you're ready, man, you want to get into this questionnaire? Let's do it. I'm pumped. And uh, just, uh, we're going to do things a little differently with this episode too. We're going to try to do a little less editing on this. Uh, I kind of drive myself a little crazy on the editing. So we're just going to go kind of free flow into these questions. Uh, we had some great ones sent in. And, Glenn, you are parked, and I'm actually driving. So Glenn's going to read the questions, and we'll kind of go back and forth on some of these answers here. But um, I think there were some really good ones here, and I'm, let's knock them out. All right, man. So question number one comes from uh... – at Hamilton HB. Hubie downtown Brown. <laughs> hey, Hunter. Uh, so, Hunter's question is, most memorable putter slash moment, both in golf history and your own game? So, I'm going to let you All take right, who's this taking one. the lead? Okay. You go right ahead. Um, we're, you know, we really... I think it's safe to say that you and I, neither one, have really studied these questions a whole lot to prepare uh, answers. So a lot of these are going to be coming off the cuff. Um, There's probably, gosh, there's there's a lot that come to mind. A couple out on tour that really come to mind are Tiger winning the 97 Masters with a Terillium, Um, Payne Stewart winning the 99 U.S. Open with a Seymour. I think both of those really set off. Oh, Bernard Longer really went in the Masters in 93 with the Cameron. Those really set the mark for the future of those companies, 93 in particular for Scotty, and then 99 in particular um, for Seymour. And obviously they've kept going on strong. So 
I think those kind of stick out to me. And like I said, I, I'm sure there's a ton of others. Ben Crenshaw went in the Masters with with his putter, um, Little Ben. But th- there's a ton. I really like that question. There's a lot that goes into that. But those are some iconic moments for me on tour. Um, and personally, uh, I would say probably um, – Gosh, dude, it honestly may be the one that we talked about really early on a lot in the podcast when I played that round of hickory golf with that hickory shafted putter and had literally the best putting round of my life. Um, so it, it's tough to beat that for me uh, personally. So I'll have to go with old hickory on that for me. Okay. All right. Um, you know, I'm going to take a little different spin, obviously being a southpaw. Um, I just remember – you know, I, I got, I guess I got really serious into golf. I mean, dad would take me to the driving range a little bit growing up and whatnot, but, um, seventh grade year, I got really big into it. You know, I was on the middle school team and, and just that competitiveness. I've always been a very competitive person. So, um, you know, being able to compete with people, um, kind of got my, my juices flowing in the golf world. So, so anyway, the reason I said that is, at that point, I started watching a lot of golf, and I actually were, you know, I was able to see live uh, in 04 when Phil won the Masters, and just the memorable jump, you know, that was three and a half inches off the ground, but, you know, I, I remember the putter, too, you know, it was kind of that, that, that Napa 8802 style putter. Um, you know, for me, I, I'm, I'm lefties. to me, that was one of the most memorable moments uh, putting-wise, to watch him drain that last putt and just his reaction of kind of getting a monkey off his back and winning the Masters and stuff. Um, and funny enough, for my own experience, uh, it was really one putt, and I think I've even talked about it before. Maybe I even mentioned it in, in, in an Instagram post, but um, I was down at Myrtle Beach with a buddy of mine one time, and we went to the PGA Superstore, and Anyway, they had a PT-82 in there, you know, which was kind of Odyssey's, I guess, remake of Phil's putter. Uh, I think they were kind of limited edition or whatever, but but I bought one while I was down there that was brand new. Um, first first putt I ever hit with it. So once I buy it, we go to the course. I, I can't remember the course. I think it was a course in Myrtle Beach called Waterway Hills, uh, which has since closed. Uh, but re- really neat course. Um but I just remember being on the first hole, uh, hit my approach shot probably to about 65 feet and pulled the putter out and made it. And for that to be the first putt struck with that putter that I was very unfamiliar with and if for, if for it to go in, I'll just never forget that putt uh, as long as I'll live. I'll, I'll remember exactly where my ball was and I'll remember exactly where the pin was. And uh, so for me, I know that's little, but, but that will always kind of stand out in my mind, draining that just, you know, three percent or point three percent chance of making putt so 65 footer therefore you bought 65 of those putters over the years. <laughs> yeah actually yeah yeah thank you so funny yeah i actually ended up with three of those at one point in time uh i'm down to two now i, I sold one off because i it just got to the point where i'm like i have way too much stuff and need to uh need to thin the herd but but i do have one that's kind of like show showroom quality that still has original grip um has never touched grass or carpet or it has basically kept or its whole life in a head cover. And then the other one's the gamer that's cut to my specs and all that. So, so yeah. Um, Sweet. All right. Next. Yep. So question number two comes from James dot J dot Choi. Um, how to get the most out of a putter fitting list of things to look for. Ask etc um so you know on putter fittings the things that i feel obviously they need to see the lie angle that you are i I feel like that's huge i mean when i've been putters at the shop there's so many players um that will send their putter in maybe to get like a stability shaft or maybe get you know one of the new la shafts um you know and they send them to us to install but i see a lot of wear on the heel side or the toe side and um, 
usually we'll we'll kind of recommend if we need to adjust. If I see that it needs to be adjusted, maybe I'll I'll email the customer and ask, you know, would you like this taken out? Because I'm obviously seeing that you're wearing it on one way or the other, and I would like to see it kind of wear uniform. Um, so you know that that's one thing that definitely needs to be checked. Uh, lie angle. Um, obviously, you want to make sure that the neck lines up with your stroke. I mean, there there's you know there's straight back straight through obviously you want more of a face balance for that um you know if you have a slide arc you want a you know a small amount of toe hang where you know some people have quite an arc so you want a lot of toe flow um you know stuff like that obviously weight is big for people i personally like a little bit of a heavier putter i mean um you know i see a lot of tour putters nowadays at 350 grams um, some people like lighter, though. Um, it really depends on a lot of the green speeds that you're used to as well. Um, so obviously weight, you know, so so weight, neck, alignment aid, um, lie angle, those are kind of the big components for me. And, and it can even come down to grip size, too. Um, I, I know that, you know, out of experience, that, that people that have more of a straight back, straight through stroke prefer a little bit of a bigger grip where somebody that has um, some more toe flow uh, or arc in their swing typically go to a smaller grip. So so that that's kind of the things I would check for. Yeah, I would agree with a lot of those. I would probably add in, for me, I think length is overlooked by a lot of people. I think, you know, just an inch here or half an inch here changes where your hands are, which will change your stroke. And so I think length's important. Um, you know, alignment aid, I think, is important. I think alignment and putting is something that a lot of people are misinformed on a little bit. They, I think, you know, seeing what David Adele has done with his system, I mean, the percentage of people that can actually aim straight from six feet is very low, um, including Tiger Woods. I mean, I think Tiger Woods aims left edge from six feet on a straight putt. Um, I think was the, the stat that I heard. So he has just a little bit of a push um, motion in there. I mean, obviously very minute, but um, at least and at least that was at one part of his career. So you know, I, I think all that stuff's important. Um, but putting is so unique and so personal. I mean, like I would argue that Hideki Matsuyama does not have a properly fit putter by looking at it. His toe is way off the ground, um, similar to kind of like um, Asao Aoki used to be, um, but it works for him. So technically, I guess it's not really incorrect. It just looks different. It doesn't sit flush like you might think it should, but he makes it work. So um, it's very you know, it's, it's very personal, but I would agree with pretty much all the things that you said and, and throw in length you may have put that in there but i think that can get you in some trouble if you're if you're too long or too short yeah and and i meant to add length to that and and like you were saying i mean you look at hideki um and and when i was telling you know of making sure that your proper lie angle you know so that the putter kind of wears evenly um the first thought in my mind is, is stricker because obviously i think stricker's putter would wear toe side 100 percent um so there are those exceptions. Uh, you know, these aren't concrete rules. I just, in general, I think that these are things that, that you want to look for in a putter fitting. Um, and and like Parker said, alignment can be huge. I mean, I've I've picked, I, you know, if you were to, you know, PGA Superstore or, you know, a Golf Galaxy or where, wherever, you know, looking at putters, um, you know, I've picked, I've picked three of the same models up. One had a top line or a sight line. Uh, in the flange, one had no alignment aid, and and one had maybe something else, and and it was actually th there was a difference there. There was actually a big difference in in what visually looks looks good or fits your eye. So so uh, I'm with Parker and what what Adele's doing. I think they're onto something there with with the alignment um, and stuff like that. Well, and David's system is a lot more in depth than what we just said. So oh, yeah. there, there's a lot more that can go into it. I mean. Just offset amount, uh, th there's all kinds of stuff that makes a difference. Even the color of your alignment aid makes a difference. Where the alignment aids are make a difference. How many alignment aids are change aim in a lot of people. So, I mean, having 
three lines on top versus three lines in the cavity, it makes it can make difference in your aim. So uh, there's a lot there's a lot that can go into it. I would highly suggest if somebody is really interested in getting a putter fitting, check out the Adele fitting because it is pretty eye opening. Awesome. All right, man. Question number three comes from Chris O'Keefe two. Uh, question is differences in putter materials like carbon, stainless, and whatever else is out there. Yeah, so I mean, this is obviously very personal and subjective. Um, there are cost differences associated with it. Personally, I prefer carbon, the feel of carbon, I like better. Um, for some reason, it just is something that I like. It's just, it's got a little different feel that I prefer over stainless. Um, you know, copper can be really tricky. Solid copper is obviously beautiful on a putter, but it's a little bit tricky to have a putter made out of solid carbon, uh, solid uh, copper. It's really soft. So if you're the type of guy that kind of leans on his putter on the putting green, you can bend the neck and change the lie angle and all kinds of stuff. So, um, you know, copper plated is another way to go, but it doesn't really give you the same feel probably or patina. Um, you know, you've got Damascus and Timascus and all, there's all different kinds. And then obviously you got inserts and things like that. Personally, if that's, I don't know if that's the question necessarily, but personally, I like carbon. Um, there's just something about it, it the, the feel is just a little bit, I don't, I, I, when I hit a good putt on carbon with a carbon putter and a putt in the middle with stainless, the carbon just feels better to me personally. And, um, you know, I, I think people would maybe, uh, have different feels. You know, everybody's got, I guess, different feels, different preferences, and sound is technically feel. So, um, for me personally, I like carbon, um, and I, I've never been huge on inserts, um, the terillium putters. I like the feel of a little bit better. I, I shouldn't say I'm not an insert guy. There are inserts that I like, but I like putters that are not soft. I'm I'm not a real soft insert type of person so like odysseys i prefer i always prefer the dfx versus like your standard two ball yeah makes sense makes sense so so you uh, yeah so you prefer a little firm uh you know I, I guess i do too uh just for feedback reasons um you know and kind of like you went over i mean it it, it all boils down to cost whatever you want to put in it. I mean, if you want to pay the extra and have Damascus done, you know, you can do that. Uh, I mean, it, you know, like Parker said, it's all relative in what you want to spend, what your tastes are, um, you know, and stuff like that. I'm like Parker. I mean, you know, but there are some stainless putters that I really like. Um, and it depends on, you know, I guess for me too, it depends on a lot of, the model of the putter because there are putters that I prefer the feel of stainless. I, what, what, what has felt good to me in the past is actually uh, one of, one of my favorite putters is the Torgolo that I have, you know, but it's deep milled. So it feels really good even though it's stainless. Um, but it's, it's all relative. And, and you know, I, I wish there was a way that you could go try different metals. If, if that's something that maybe you're considering ordering a custom putter from somebody and maybe you're given, you know, three or four metal options to choose from. Uh, I am like Parker as far as the copper thing goes. I've never hit a putt with a car with a copper putter that I remember, um, but I do know that they can be extremely soft. So, like you said, you lean on them, they will bend, kind of throw the line in the loft off a little bit. Um, but yeah, so it, it it's all whatever whatever you want uh, as far as that comes, and, and they're all going to have different feels. Some are even going to have a different sound. Um, but I'm, I'm with Parker on this. I, I think, uh, if I, if I had one metal to go with for the rest of my life, it would probably be carbon. So, 
Yeah, and stay, you know, right. carbon, you do have to think about the maintenance involved with carbon versus stainless. So that's another thing. I mean, if I have a nice, uh, you know, a black carbon putter, I'm probably not the guy that's going to oil it after each round and keep it black because I don't mind if it starts to rust up. But some people do, and you have to think about that too when it comes to carbon because it will rust if you keep it in the rain or keep them wet. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, the carbon ones I've had, because I have several carbons, and, um, yeah, you know, I mean, oil in them is great, and, and that is something that you need to do, but but if you can just keep it dry, that, that helps so much. But I, I know where we are in the mountains and stuff, that can be hard. I mean, I mean, even on dry days, there's humidity in the air, you know, and a little bit of humidity can even start to rust. So, um, so yeah, great point there. Um, okay, so this one, actually, the next question comes from, uh, set the bar high with two R's, so B-A-R-R -R high. And, and these are all Instagram handles, by the way, guys. Uh, so at set the bar high. Uh, his question is, first putter, uh, his was, or he said, it always has a good story. Mine was a Ping G2 Pal. Which, by the way, I always like the Ping G2 line because it was the one with the blue insert. And I want to say the model that I always wanted was called the Tess. I think it was. I think it was T E S S. It was. It was an kind of an eighty eight oh two style putter, but it had the blue insert and kind of had that little half ball uh, kind of a limeade on the top. Um, those are kind of hard to find now. But uh, first putter. Okay, I'm gonna have to think back on this. First putter for me, as far as like true putter. Now I'm not talking about a putter that came in like a set. You know, when I was a kid, I think I. Uh, my mom and dad went to Dick's and just bought like a box set of Wilson's to get me started. The but first putter, true putter that I ever owned was an original white hot uh, two ball that I saw. Funny enough, Hunter, who sent us the first question, we, we played golf together. And I just remember being on the putting green uh, at Waynesville Country Club one day and seeing that putter. Hunter had got one and I don't know. I just, I love the way it looked. I mean, that was kind of the first time I'd seen anything like that. Cause you know, I mean, the, um, cause that was the year the two ball actually came out for the first time. And I was just very intrigued with that design and stuff and ended up buying one, uh, still have it. Obviously I, I never get rid of anything, but, um, still have it and actually we'll take it out from time to time and, and use it and had some great putting rounds with it too. Um, so yeah, so first putter for me would have been a been the white hot two ball, and and I just remember a funny story on that one was I remember qualifying for the high school team, and we were playing I think it was just kind of a nonchalant practice that the coach had actually come up to me at lunch one day and said hey the guys are going to meet out at Maggie's this afternoon if you want to come play with us come on out and I did and I think you and I actually played together Parker it was me you and I think Drew Page and. I think I made every putt that day that I looked at. I mean, it was insane, the putts that were going in. It was just, I don't know, it was just one of those days where I feel like I could have turned the opposite way of the hole, putted it, and somehow it would have found its way in. It was just, it was one of those just freakish days where every putt was going in, so. Those are fun. Those yeah. are pretty fun days. They're rare. They're rare, but they, yeah, they're fun. I would say the first putter that I really remember was kind of a, I mean, as a kid's putter, or it might have been a men's putter cut down, had a round grip on it, and it was a kind of a Ping B60 homage, no-namer. Uh, I shouldn't say no-namer, but a, a, an off-brand, I guess you would call it, a non-OEM. Um, and... We still have it somewhere. I think it's at my parents' house, uh, but that's really the first one I remember. So I kind of, you know, had a thing for the B60 for a while. It does not really fit my stroke at all anymore, but I went through a phase there where I kind of liked them. Okay. I, I, I liked it, but, you know, I always liked, there was a Cameron that was a Circa that was that kind of same head style. I think the neck was more of a flow neck, but, but, but it kind of had that same head. I think it was maybe, maybe it was a circa number six. I'm not 100% on that, but 
um, always like yeah, that. Yeah, the six so. is the six is the plumber's neck. The seven has the flow neck. Okay. Okay. Perfect. All right, man. Great question. Um, so this comes from at K K Ward Golf ninety two. So K W A R D Golf ninety two. Uh, more importance, putter head that you like the alignment or neck style that matches your stroke. Gosh, that's a really good question. Similar to something that you and I were kind of going over the other day. Um, more important, <laughs> align, basically alignment aid or neck style. Um, I would say I can't speak for everyone, but at least for me personally, I would say more often than not, neck style would be more important than alignment aid. And I just, you know, that really affects your stroke more, Um, you know, and sometimes there's something freeing in having a different kind of alignment aid, but there can be, you know, and there can be something freeing in a different neck too, but if if you're talking about one that fits your stroke versus one that doesn't, you can get handcuffed. And like for me, putting with a B60 right now, it just would not, that would not really go well for me, typically, plumber's neck with, with that amount of, uh, with that little amount of toe hang, is not really something that I really desire uh, to use. But so I, I would lean more towards the neck on that one as being more important. Yeah, I will actually go with that as well. Um, and also, I mean, I don't know if this was in the rules or not, but. But nowadays, I mean, there's so many great companies out there that that if you found that that kind of dream grail putter that maybe had the neck you want but didn't have the alignment that you wanted, I mean, you can send it to them and they'll add that. Um, and I mean, if it's some man, I, I've even got a putter at home that that I love everything about this putter. But I'm a dot guy. I like an alignment dot or a, yeah, just a sight dot um, or a sight circle. Um, I don't know why that just it kind of frees me up. To, to just kind of trust my eyes and, and where the, the head is going. So I think I just took a Sharpie, though, and just put a dot on it, you know, and so that way I was able to, to have the putter of my dreams, really, or one of them, and, and, and kind of do that. So, so neck for me, just because, like I said, I don't know if this is in the rules or not, but you could always have that alignment adjusted to fit your eye or, or you know, whatever you like. True. Good point. So, yep. Yeah. All right. Next question comes from at Mr. James Bradshaw. Uh, why no more long neck answer style putters? That is a great question that I was actually thinking there are, about. There are. They're all about in a... Jeff Halverson's collection. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I see so many online that say JH with a circle, and I'm like, oh, man, he's got so many of them. But he has a... He has quite the collection of some unbelievable putters as well. Um, but you know what? That is actually a really good question because I was thinking about that, no lie, probably about a month ago. And I was actually, what what I was thinking about is, is styles of putters that we just don't see anymore that were popular years ago. You know, for instance, kind of like... Um, kind of like Scotty Cameron did the JAT. You know, that kind of like half moon, but it had kind of a flow neck to it. Um, but you just don't see, I I don't know. I feel like putter designs and stuff have changed. Um, so I don't know. I don't know why there's no long necks, uh, answer styles. Cause I, I like long neck answer styles. In fact, I've, I've got, um, maybe one or two long necks, uh, in my collection. And I mean, it's, it's a face balance putter. It's, you know, it's a face balance blade. I mean, I don't know why that wouldn't fit a lot of people, um, you know, amateurs, high-end amateurs, even beginners would fit their stroke. Um, that's a great question that I don't know the answer to. I, you know, I see companies that, that I follow on Instagram all the time that, that do, you know, kind of custom modifications to, to putters that people send to them, and that's one I see done quite a bit is somebody will take, you know, just a regular answer and have that, that individual or that company weld a, a long neck on. So I don't know why it's not offered. That that. That's something that I would like to ask an OEM because, again, I, I think that, that that particular style 
would fit a lot of players' strokes. Yeah, I think it's just strictly business related. I mean, we, you know, we're involved in this more than most people are. Anybody that's listening to this podcast is involved in putters more than most people are. And I just, you know, there's just not a huge market for it. Um, you know, whether it's a looks thing or, you know, an answer style putter that's just that face balance. You know, if you're looking for something face balanced, you can go with a mallet that's got more, uh, like, rear weighting and higher MOI and more forgiveness and things like that. So you can achieve the same uh, toe flow and and face balance structure but with more forgiveness and more and a higher MOI by going to a mallet. So it's kind of just a – I guess I would consider that kind of like an, an outdated design similar to, like, an 8802 because um, now you can get, you know, flow neck answers that have similar swing profiles but that are a little more forgiving on miss hits and things like that. So I just think that, you know, it's a really particular look and you've got to be somebody that's willing to give up a little bit of forgiveness, I guess, to have that look. And I just don't think there's that many people that are – into a long neck answer. Obviously, there's a ton that are into a standard plumber's neck answer, but for people that really want that kind of face balance feel, I think they can achieve that with maybe better putting results by going to a mallet. It's just some guy's opinion, but uh, that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, you know, I think my only thing with that, because you're right, you know, nobody makes that kind of 8802 Napa style anymore. And my only thing with that, though, is, you know, the players, let's just say the players that are that are just now kind of getting into golf, maybe they've never seen that, you know, before. Maybe the, the long neck answer style is the answer to their stroke. And if that's not an option now, you know, they'll, they'll never know that that could have been kind of the answer to their putting. But, but you know, we could talk about ifs for all days, I mean, or, or you know, for days. So, um I agree with you, though. I just think it's a kind of an outdated thing that I, I personally love. I love a long neck, so you know, bring them on. But but I just don't know that we'll see the return of those, um, just from a uh, kind of like you you know forgiveness aspect and stuff. Not until Jeff decides to unload some of his. <laughs> then there'll be like a flood. The market will flood. <laughs> All right, man. Next question comes from at s. Jackson 91 uh, question is any putters that you wish you would have never gotten rid of gosh this one hurts my heart we brought this up on a <laughs> podcast um, not mine <laughs> oh, no not yours yet that's right yours is coming oh man yeah there's there's obviously multiple that kind of stick out um, had a tour Circuit 62 number three that was made for Ricky Fowler that I wish I had back. And uh, probably... That was such a beautiful putter. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That was such a beautiful No, you're fine. It was pretty. I tried to get it back, and then it didn't work out. But um, another one that I brought up on the podcast that really stuck out, and it it was a dagger. It got sold this year. Um, I bought... I had a tour Cameron bullseye that was made for Michael Jordan that was 40 inches long approximately had snow all over the back had MJ initials I bought it on eBay it came with a certificate of authenticity from the auction house and from upper deck so I knew it was legit I got a great deal on it on eBay sent it in to Scotty Cameron got a COA said made for Michael Jordan kept it for a long time don't think I ever hit a putt with it um, just kind of a weird quirk, I guess. And I, I think I was, I don't know if I was needing some money at the time or whatever, but decided to sell it to uh, a guy who has one of the best, the coolest collections that I know of. And uh, so I sold it to him to shoot. This has probably been, uh, I'm going to say six years ago, seven years ago. And since then, um, it, it recently was sold again 
during <laughs> the airing of the Final Dance documentary that was going on this year through ESPN on Jordan and the Bulls. So that putter went for a crazy amount this year, uh, which hurt my heart because <laughs> it was way more than I bought it for and way more than I sold it for. But it sold again this year, and I will likely never own it again due to its current price in the market. But it was one that I would absolutely love to have back and would probably gladly pay what I sold it for if I could get it back. But that will probably never happen. But I do miss that putter a lot. So that's a tough memory there. (laughs) But it needs to be relived. So, you know, I mean, this is a pretty easy question for me just because I, I don't I don't ever sell any potters. Um, I mean, anybody that knows me, Parker can even attest. If, if, I'm, if I'm getting rid of a putter, it's simply due to the fact that I can't make anything with it or I just can never see myself going back to it. Um, there, there's not a putter in my collection that will not see game time. I don't, I don't have any wall hangers or anything like that. Um, so if it, if it's in there, it's going to be used at some point. It, you know, um, but you know, it's saying that I have sold some. Um, the one that I actually had to trade for the one that's coming was was kind of a hard one to let go. But there again, it, it just wasn't going to be used. I had a couple other putters that basically had the same head style, so uh, and I always kind of you know went toward those. Um, the one I guess that I really wish I had back that I did sell was actually there's two that I would like to have back at some point. Um, one of them would be the I can't remember what year it was. I want to say maybe '06 or 08, 06 or 08, when Scotty Cameron came out with the California Napa, and I actually went through a Titleist dealer and, and was fortunate enough to get one. And then I kept it for, I don't know, four or five years. And at some point, I, I really wanted a tour putter, and I thought, well, I could get a little bit of money if I could sell this, and I did. But then I ended up using the money for something else. You know, I just kind of sat there for so long, and I kind of lost the dream of owning a tour putter. So who knows what I spent the money on. But, I, you know, I would like to at some point. And luckily, they they are out there. They're kind of rare to come up now, but they're out there. Um, so I, I would like to add another another Napa California to my collection just because I really like the Napa head style. And um, the other one would be... I did have a Circle T that kind of had a single bend shaft, and not not that I would love to have this one back or anything. It just it was kind of a cool putter that I think would be kind of cool. But I, again, I couldn't make anything with it. That's the whole reason I got rid of it. Um, but it was a single bend, so I don't even know, like two point seven or something like I think is what he used. I don't know, but it, it was just kind of a Newport yeah, two, two head style. Yeah, so it had kind of a Newport two head style. But had a single bend shaft going in it, and and it was pretty cool. But it, the two things I wasn't crazy about is I, I just couldn't make anything with it, and the sound of it. It it had that kind of ting sound to it, and I'm not a big. I, I like to hear more of a solid sound whenever I hit a putt. So that the sound of it just kind of bothered me a little bit. But it would be cool to have back. So so th- those are the two. But but again, I mean, I've probably only ever sold. I don't know. I probably could count on one hand how many putters I've sold in my life. So uh may, may, maybe it might stretch over to two hands though. But so I don't if it enters my collection more than likely it never leaves. So very opposite See? of of Parker. <laughs> yeah, we're a little different in that respect. <laughs> um all right man. Uh next question comes from it's at will dot E O F F. Uh, what swing weight is your flat stick? Mine would be, so my swing weight, I, I try to keep, I, I like a little bit of a heavier putter. So I have putters that range anywhere from 
E7, E8. I honestly feel like I have one or two putters that that I've thrown on a swing weight scale before, and they've been in the E0, E1 range. Um, typically, though, my the, the putters that I've putted the, the most with or the, or the best with, when I put them on a swing weight scale, they usually come out between like D8, D9. Usually like D8.2, D8.5. So that feels comfortable to me. Uh, it's not too heavy. It's not too light. And it pretty much, for the greens that I'm going to be on uh, in the area that we live, I mean, even if I traveled two hours away, unless it's just a, uh, you know, kind of a higher-end private course that are going to have them rolling, you know, a 12 or a 13, um, for me personally, D8 to D9 kind of hits the speed that I want it to. So, So that's where I am. And for my answer is I have no clue. Um, I would, I typically like heavier putters too. I had one TP Mills at one point that was, I think, 410 grams, which was super heavy, but I actually really liked it, um, that, that weight of it. So I, I typically will be a little bit heavier as well, but swing weight wise, I have no idea. Okay. There you go. Very scientific. Yep. A little bit. Uh, all right. <laughs> All right, man. Next question comes from at Hartke dot David. So H A R T K E dot David. Uh, question is: Are there any trends in the current putter market that you either like or would like to see changed? That's a really good question. That would probably deserve a better answer that would be more heavily thought out. But, uh, I mean, I really like the the trend of the boutique putter makers. Social media is probably the trend that I like the most out of the putter world right now. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, don't get me wrong. I mean, you and I love what the OEMs do. I mean, we've those are in our collection as well. But this, you know, the, the boutique putter makers are also companies that we really enjoy and that we're, you know, getting to know more of through this podcast. And I just think there's so many opportunities out there now for really talented people. And I look at people like Cody James and Logan Olson and these guys that are doing it you know, kind of on their own and they're able to make a living by starting on social media basically and turning it into a career because they're really good artists and they're really good at what they do. Tyson Lamb. Um, there's just a lot of people. And then, you know, then you bring in companies that have something a little bit different. I mean, you know, you think about Cody and Tyson and Logan, they have a lot of similarities in the fact that they make really beautiful putters classic shapes, accessories, cool head covers, just they do all kinds of stuff. And then you've got companies that do some of that stuff, but then they bring in maybe a little bit more from a technology perspective, like Sick and like Bobby Grace is a good example. He's been in the business forever, but he's kind of changed with the times as well. I mean, he's got a great, a great groove pattern that, does really well and i enjoy bobby's work and i think some of the welded stuff that bobby has done is beautiful and there's a particular bobby grace putter that i am after that i want to try to find and i just i think guys like that that are able to change with the times like that's a great trend and so for me i guess the answer would be i love what social media has done by allowing so many more people to become profitable and be able to do this. And you don't have to have 40 putters in play every week on the PJ Tour to be able to make a living. Now, are the OEMs making more money than these smaller companies? Yes, and that's just how it is. But that doesn't mean that all of those putters are better than what these boutique putter makers are making. And I would argue that there's a lot of putters that are not out on tour 
that could be and should be. And we've seen it, you know, Swag's had a good presence out on tour. And, you know, Sick has a really good presence out on tour right now. They're killing it this year. So I think that if you can just get something in the right hands of somebody and when they're not getting paid, it's tricky. But, you know, if you have guys that are or girls that are in these small companies and they and they maybe know somebody or they are working with a young player that gets out on tour and that, and then that player can help propel them, there's a lot of success to go around. And I'm just excited to see what continues to happen with social media because I think it's been fantastic for the putter world. Yeah, social media, yeah, that that's huge, man. And and we live in such a such a day and an era that that social media runs so much of just the world. I mean, it really does, and and has a huge impact on things that are going on. Um, so for a small putter maker, man, I mean that that social media can really be the the changing factor of whether their business thrives or dies, and um. I have to agree with you on that. Now, I will say so. I, this is I, I like this question because I guess you could take it uh, several different routes. But I've got a couple things that I like. Um, so for one, and this is actually talking about putters. Um, I like how companies now are starting to experiment with technologies and putter shafts. You know, for years it was just a steel shaft. Um, you know, and then a few years ago, you know, UST came out with the frequency shaft. And but now, you know, you're seeing companies like BGT with the stability, and they've already come out with three or four versions of that. Uh, you also have companies like LA Golf uh, Golf Partners uh, that are you know coming out with the TPZ shaft uh, that's getting play on tour. You have you know, even Odyssey is offering the Stroke Lab in their off-the-rack options, you know. So I love this because I'm a tinkerer. Uh, I love the technology that goes into shafts. Uh, so the fact that they're expanding the shaft options into putters, uh, I feel is huge. Um, you know, they're taking that, like I said, I mean, for years and years and years and years and years, it was either, you know, went from hickory to, to steel. And there was just so few options out there as far as upgrades and putter shafts. And, you know, I've, I, some of these, because I've putted with a lot of the stabilities. I've never, I've not putted with an LA shaft yet. I want to. Um, that's actually kind of on my radar to get one. So um, I'm dying to try one of those. So, yeah, I love where the part of that industry is going. Uh, the other thing I like that's going on trend-wise is, the kind of like you talked about, Parker, are the are the kind of smaller boutique putter makers coming up. I think this is great. I, you know, I mean, I I don't think that their that their goal is to give the OEM a run for their money, but I, I feel like the options now are so great. I mean, you don't have to, you know, if there's an OEM that you're not crazy about their their what they offer or any OEM for that instance. I mean, there's putter makers out there now that will. Do whatever you want. Uh, I mean, Josie's a great example at, at MacMade. If if there's a you know a kind of a head style that that you've had in mind, and you're like, oh man, you know, I think this would just answer a lot of my my putting woes. You know, if I could just get this shape with this alignment aid with this neck, there's options and there's places to have that done now. And that's something that unless you were a tour player, um, were not possible until the last few years. So I love that trend. The the only thing that, that I never want to see happen, though, I never want to see the market so over-flooded with, with smaller boutique companies that some of them have to start closing because the supply has surpassed the demand. I, I don't ever want to see that. I, I, don't, I never want to see a company struggle. Um, and And I just want there to be enough demand for what they're doing. So... So there, there is a downside to that with all these boutique companies coming up. And, and, I, and again, I think it's great. I, I absolutely love the fact that there's all these smaller companies making these putters. I do. Um, I just don't ever want to see anything happen to the companies. I, I want to see them last. I want to see them make it. I want to see them thrive. I would like to see every – or I mean, I'd like to see for every boutique maker to at least have one putter and play on tour if that's their goal. 
Um, so that's the only downside, um, you know, from, from what I see. Is there anything that I would change? I mean, off the top of my head, I can't, I can't think of anything. Um, so, so yeah, that's where I am with it. Okay, so next question comes from at Zach, Z-A-C, Ward 3, W-A-R-D 3. So, Zach Ward 3. Thoughts on limited edition Scotty's uh, example, the Jet Setters. So, my thoughts, obviously, I'm a big Scotty fan. Um, Parker and I both are, you know, but it, that, that, I mean, I, I love a lot of platter makers. Don't get me wrong. Scotty's, Scotty's definitely top of, you know, top five or top 10 in my list, but, but the other ones that make that list are not far off by any stretch of the imagination. Um, how do I feel about the limited edition stuff? <laughs> I, I like it. Um, I like the fact that, that he kind of has his, set times. I mean, I feel like, you know, he always has sort of the, the Christmas special. He always has the My Girl. He, you know, there for a while he was doing the, the Napas for lefties. I think, you know, he started with kind of the American series. I think that was the American number eight, maybe. Uh, but then he did the kind of the Napa Valley, and then he did the, the Napa California. Other than that, I mean, like I said, I, like I said earlier, I feel like that part was 06, 08, somewhere in there. Uh, since then, lefties have been completely left out of the limited edition or special edition Cameron world. Um, that I kind of wish would change. I mean, even, you know, I feel like with all the technology now, I, I know, and I've said this a thousand times, I know we make up a small portion of the of the putting world. I understand that. But with, I, I just feel like with technology now, there's a way to make, you know, if, if you do a limited run of something and you make 2,000 or 1,000 of those limited putters, it would be nice to sneak 50 to 100 in for lefties. I still think they would sell out. I don't think you'd be sitting with them um, just because we've not had anything for so long. So, do I like the limited editions? I do. I do. I, I like that he kind of gets creative with them. Um, you know, I think he even does kind of the limited special editions at the Masters every year, uh, and I think those are awesome. I really do. I like that they're different. They're unique. They may still be the same head style that uh, an OTR would be, but he always mixes it up and, and changes something or engraves something on it or adds a, a unique uh, alignment aid or, or whatever it is. Um, I really, really like that. I just wish that, again, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from as a lefty. I, I just wish that it was offered to us because I personally would buy one. I personally would like to at least try one, game one, because um, I do think they're unique. I, I don't think that in your foursome, uh, unless you're playing with a bunch of collectors, I don't think that anybody else probably on the entire golf course is going to have one, maybe not even in your county or your district or you know, a region or wherever you are. Um, so I've always been one. I like different things. I, I like to stand out, whether it's my golf equipment or, you know, or, or what I'm wearing or, you know, something like that. So, yes, I do love the limited edition stuff. I just wish it came lefty. That's my only beef with it. Yeah, and I really haven't partaken in much of the limited stuff from Scotty. Um if I did, I like the My Girl stuff. I have two daughters, so that's kind of fun. Um, I I don't really get into it a whole lot. I mean, the older limited stuff is pretty cool, too, like the the center-shafted prototypes that he did and the, the CLN, um, the JAT I love. That's one of the best ones I think he's ever done. The Inspired By series were really cool. Um, you know, there's a really rare one with the Marco Mira inspired by, there weren't many of those made. Uh, there's, there's been some really cool ones. I I think he does a good job. I like you, I appreciate his consistency with it. You know, I mean, there's pretty much always a holiday and a my girl every year. So I think that's pretty cool that he stayed consistent with it. I mean, I guess if you're selling them all out, it's, you know, pretty easy to stay consistent with it when you're making a lot of money on them, which I'm sure he probably is, but 
you know, he does a nice job. And there's a lot of things about Scotty that uh, I think he does a really nice job with. I mean, Club Cameron's affordable and you get a lot for your $93 in tax or whatever. So, but I think the limited stuff is cool. I don't, I don't get into a lot of it. Um, I would like to, but I, I, I just, I guess I spend the limited funds I have elsewhere on different stuff, but um, I think it's pretty cool. And I think it's a, it's a neat way to bridge, you know, if you're, if you're wanting to collect and, and you're getting deeper into collecting, it's a cool bridge between your off the rack stuff. And then once you start getting into prototypes and tour putters, but shoot anymore. I mean, the market changes so much. I mean, you can find some pretty cool old school tour putters for, you know, maybe similar pricing as some of the limited stuff. So, um, I think there's definitely a, a good market for it and a lot of people that enjoy it. I think he does a nice job with it. I think they're, they're pretty cool. Yeah, I will agree with that. So, well guys, that, you know, like I said, I was afraid we probably we wouldn't get to all these questions. Um, I know we only got 10 answered, but Parker and I both wanted to be very thorough with these. Uh, we didn't just want to be like, yes, no. You know, how do you feel about the limited edition Scotty stuff? We like it. Next question, you know. So um, I, if we didn't get to yours, we do plan on doing kind of a part two uh, to this at some point. So we still have those questions. We'll keep those questions. And and this was fun. I would like to do this again. Maybe we'll do one on our 2,000 follower or something. Um, so, so be thinking of questions because I'm sure this will um, more than likely be another episode in the future. But uh, th- this was a lot of fun. This was something kind of a different than than the regular routine of, of interviewing or, or you know just something like that. Uh, kind of brought back some memories though for me of the two ball that I'd kind of pushed back in my memory bank. But it was kind of cool to break that back out and and relive some of those moments. But uh, Parker, I, I mean, do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, I, I really enjoyed it too. Yeah. I appreciate all the questions. And like Glenn said, I think we basically made it halfway through, so we will do a part two of this. Not sure exactly on the timing, but we'll try to do that here pretty soon. So it kind of flows together, but, um, we will let you guys know when we're going to get that out. But I think if we, if we don't get your question in the next episode, then I might've missed it and screwed up or something. So, just let us know, but um, we'll do another one of these again. Obviously, we'll have part two of this, and then we'll do another one, like Glenn said, maybe for the 2,000 follower. Um, but this was enjoyable. I liked it. Some really good questions here, too, uh, that involve some thought, and I know we got some more coming up. I'm looking forward to doing uh, the next part. Yeah, yeah, I am, too. In fact, I kind of cheated while we were talking and, and kind of looked ahead to some of the questions, other questions we got coming up, and some of them are some really good points that I'm going to have to actually, I'm kind of glad I looked at them because I need to think about them before I answer them. So, uh, but no guys, this was fun again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you know, tuning in on the weekends when, when these air and, and, and I, again, I hope that we're living up to, to at least my motto of, of kind of keeping it interesting, fun, but also very resourceful and informative. Um, and, yeah, guys, until next time, let's, uh, let's keep on rolling them in and uh, keeping those three putts away. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate it. And we will see you next, let's see, two weeks from now with a special collector's edition. Who dun, could dun, that dun. be? <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you all. See you. Bye. Hey everybody, just wanted to give a huge thank you to all of those of you that have listened to the podcast and supported us throughout the various channels for the last eight months here. It's been really enjoyable for Glenn and I to do this. Hopefully you can tell in the podcast and we hope that it's been enjoyable for you and that it's helped pass some time on the road or at the house or wherever you may listen to us. So just wanted to say thank you for the support. Um, We hope that we're just going to continue to grow this thing and and bring everybody 
podcasts that they want to hear and people that they want to hear and learn from and we hope you're learning from it like we are it's been a lot of fun and something that we just really enjoy doing Uh, this is a passion for us and I think if you're listening to this you're probably into this kind of thing too so just a huge thank you on behalf of Glenn and myself Uh, I know Glenn's got his own thank you as well but um, it's just been so much fun and we're we're very blessed to be part of a great crew at golf wrx and just uh we need to send a huge thank you out to them as well for allowing us to be a part of their platform and just allowing us to have an awesome last eight months we hope this is just the start and we have some ideas going forward and we're looking forward to seeing what the future holds with this so again thank you all very much we look forward to the next 1000th follower episode and we will talk to you soon see ya what's up putter nerds it's glenn Just wanted to take a moment and personally thank you guys for continuing to listen to us, support us, recommend this podcast to your friends and family. It means so much to us. We couldn't do this without you guys. And, you know, we've hit a thousand followers now. We just had this episode. And we are so excited for what the future has to bring. Parker and I absolutely love doing this for all of you. Hopefully you're having some fun with it and also learning some stuff uh, because we do each and every time that we record. But we want to continue to do this for you all and and this community of putter heads around the world. So thank you again, guys. And I can't wait to see where the future takes us. And yeah, let's take this journey together. So talk to you later, guys. Bye-bye.